This is This is Collected Thoughts with Keyshawn Harper. What's up, everyone? It's been a while, I know. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, I work in the education field, and that has been, well, educational to say the least. For many schools around the country, this past school year was the first time since about March 2020 that the entire student body sat together in the same class. And don't get me wrong, this was great, but it did give me mixed emotions because although I enjoyed the relationships I fostered and the impact that was made, I would be lying to you if I didn't admit that for a while, the school was like a war zone. Every day was filled with anxiousness, a fluctuation of moods, and a barrage of changes for both students and staff members alike. The number of student confrontations were off the charts, and teachers who rarely have classroom behavior issues suddenly found themselves at their wit's end. This all made me wonder as to why. And as I looked into this issue, I began to see that not only does the reasoning behind this all make sense, but that it also mirrors something that we all must face. A problem that we all have to conquer. Adulthood. But before we get into all that, we must look into why student behavior was as wild as it's ever been. And the answer is obvious, but the rationale, I think, reveals more than we realize. For roughly a year and a half, many kids experienced something odd, something that no other students, at least in my lifetime, had to deal with before. And that's an extended period from school. While most schools continued education online, there is something to say about what the virtual experience had robbed from your average student. Now allow me to do what I do best and overthink. While yes, school's main purpose is to teach the youth, it also provides them with easier markers of progress. With every grade you pass comes a new one, a new level, a new set of challenges. Yes, mostly and most obviously is academics, but it's far more than that. Each year you're put into a new classroom or classrooms filled with people that you may not have known before, taught by a teacher you may not have known before. Every one of these new people come with their own intricacies you must learn and adapt to in order to get to the next level, the next grade. During this time, many social skills are learned and cultivated through the day-to-day interactions a student may have with their peers. And the constant testing of those skills and the supervision from their teachers both combine to encourage the student to grow from their experiences. But what has happened is that this life process was put to a halt in 2020. And let me be crystal clear, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have gone virtual. I would much rather deal with this problem than the alternative to losing students or staff to the virus. I merely want to examine some of the blowbacks that happened from this. And one blowback is that for some students, the only sort of progressive challenges and structures put into their lives was abruptly taken away. They had to accept that their experience would be limited to virtual learning. And unfortunately for some, they lost a major escape from their primary source of stress, their home environment. The fulfilling day-to-day mentoring that they would get from staff or even fellow students was now non-existent. And despite some of the flaws that we have in our education system, the journey from kindergarten all the way to high school did provide something important. It provided a child with a step-by-step instructional plan on how to progress. When that chain of progression was broken, a sort of odd stillness overcame a lot of students. The hustle and bustle of getting to the next chapter, to the next checkpoint, was no longer prevalent. 
expectations were slowed down. Not knowing how long this new wave of learning would be created an unsureness of what the next step was, or even when it would take place. For some students, this period of uncertainty caused anxiety. It made things seem hopeless. The structures that they once knew was gone, only to be replaced by stillness. Oddly enough, over time, I found out from students that they actually missed going to school. And as I thought about this, I couldn't help but feel that this, these worries sounded familiar. The not knowing of the future, the routine of your day and objectives being planned out for you. This made me think a lot because honestly, a lot of these issues just sounds like entering adulthood. But what is adulthood? Like, it sounds like a dumb question, I know, but let's be honest. The joke, am I adulting yet, is more than a joke. Sometimes we catch ourselves in moments when we feel like adult, and then others when we question why are we trusted with such responsibilities. But when does that role start to shift? The obvious answer, well, in the U.S. at least, is 18 years old. But while working with people around that age, I must admit that we as a society gives mixed signals about that. While yes, at 18, you are trusted enough to vote and to go out to war, but you aren't considered responsible enough to legally purchase alcohol. And even though you are deemed competent enough to make grand decisions such as, oh, I don't know, taking out thousands of dollars worth of student loan debt. When you apply for car insurance, you pay significantly more because your age group is thought to be, quote unquote, impulsive and prone to risk taking. I can go on and on about the contradictions you're faced with when you're 18. But the biggest thing is that most 18 year olds are just now seeing the world. They're just now starting to become independent and learning what that freedom comes with. For those of you listening who are above the age of 18, looking back now, could you honestly say that you were a full-fledged adult back then? Because I know I can't. So if we can't use age, what other markers do we have? Once upon a time, depending on where you grew up, there were certain rituals that would be done to signify your transitioning from child to adult. For example, people would go out on a solo successful hunt or survive for days off the land. There was some sort of event that represented this crossing. And once that event happened, everything in your life changes. The thing now, though, is that life just isn't the same anymore. Heck, part of the reason why people were deemed adults so young back in the day is because life itself wasn't very long. I mean, a man in his 40s could be considered an elder in their tribe back in the day. So no wonder your late teens were considered adulthood. But with the increase of time in our lifespans, comes more time to do different things. Things that may not center around getting married and reproducing. In fact, over the years, we can see that the average age of new parents are now 27 to 31, which is a major increase from the early 20s. This is important because usually the act of raising a child could be considered an act of becoming an adult. With this extra time comes both freedom and pressure. The freedom to do anything, but the pressure of doing something worthwhile. If we aren't necessarily going out and having children, then surely that means our contributions are going elsewhere. We have better technology, 
more opportunities. The world is so much more connected. Now is the time to make our marks on society. But what if you don't know how? Or better yet, what if you don't know if you even want to? This is the problem that many people face. The endless possibility brings the endless pressure of doing something, choosing the right one. And sometimes making that choice can be fear-inducing. So sometimes we just choose to put off that choice. With our new form of freedom, we choose to do things that we've always dreamt of doing but couldn't before. This is evident by when you look at college students going on drinking benders and experimenting with, well, with, well, everything as soon as their parents leave campus. But what some say is an unintended consequence of all this is a phenomenon known as prolonged adolescence. Some critics believe that far too many people between the ages of 18 and 25 are avoiding responsibility and spending their time focusing on frivolous things such as partying, video games, and substance abuse. They are essentially letting the teenage mentality overstay their welcome. The ultimate fear being that the person will stay so long in this period that they will let their real life pass them by. Although I'm sure that there's a lot of people who place themselves in this category. But I feel like there's a bigger cohort roaming around the world. A cohort who are trying to be adults, but honestly aren't sure what that means. Recently, I discovered a term that categorizes these people fairly well. It's known as the emerging adult. Coined to 2004 by psychology professor Jeffrey Jensen Arnett, an emerging adult refers to someone who feels as though they are in between following the ideas established by their parents and creating their own ideals and desires. Arnett created this term after interviewing hundreds of people between the age of 18 and 29 who all felt this struggle. He found that no matter what part of the U.S. the people were from, they still felt that creating their own identity and from that their own desires was still a major struggle in their lives. To better understand the plight of the emerging adult, you must understand the five main features of it. Arnett believed that this period of life, as with all others, came with its own unique eras, or as he would label, ages. These are the age of exploration, age of instability, age of self-focus, age of feeling in between, and the age of possibility. In the age of exploration, you are trying to figure out who you want to be. With the world being such a smaller place nowadays, there are plenty of ideas and values being shared. As we compare these new ideas with those we had growing up, we debate internally which ones we choose to adopt and which we choose to exile. Another feature of this period of life is that you're in the age of instability. Whether you simply move out of your parents' house or you go clear across this nation to college, typically, emerging adulthood is a unique time where your location, your income, and your relationships may be the most unstable that they will ever be. Thirdly, in this time, you will find yourself in the age of self-focus. Since you no longer have parents breathing down your neck while not yet having to put all your energy into raising a human being yourself, this gives you time and ample opportunity to dive deep into your own development in any way you choose fit. The fourth age we highlighted earlier is the one we talked about being in the in-between of life. You're not a child, and you're not feeling like you're a fully developed adult yet. The final characteristic of emerging adulthood is one that I believe diminishes over time depending on how your life goes. 
Arnett says that an age of optimism is prominent during this developmental stage. It's when you're able to not only dream of all the things you can do with your life, but actually make steps towards those dreams. I think that this is the age that most of our pressures, most of our trials, and most of the things in our head we spoke about before get to us. There are so many things we can do, so many things that we are supposed to do. And whether we get those done or not, can in our eyes define our own adulthood. So looking at this, it's made it a bit more clear why it seems as though newer generations have this problem. As the years progress and our lifespan extends, so do our biological timelines as it pertains to certain milestones expected of us. Arnett noted that he believed a major reason behind this is the ever-increasing gap between leaving the family and creating your own. And the main reason behind this gap is that more people are going to four-year universities. This creates at least another four-year gap where the expectation to get married, to have children, and to buy a home is waived. What was once normal at age 22 or 23 is now much more commonplace in your late 20s or early 30s. And yes, although this does sound good, it sounds like we have more time, there's another factor that adds pressure, maybe even more pressure than before. In the age of social media, we can see our peers and what they are doing. We can see when they have new job statuses or when they buy a new home. As we compare ourselves to our parents and to our peers, it's easy to feel as though you're not taking on as much responsibility as they are. You're not living up to being an adult. And I think this is where we really mess up. After all, they say that comparison is a thief of joy. And in this case, this is no different. If I'm being honest with how I've been looking at adulthood, what it means to be a man or a woman, I had often used outsized resources and milestones to come to these conclusions. And as I'm in my final few precious moments of my 20s, I look around at my friends and my family at this age, and I feel as though I'm supposed to have children in a white picket fence. But then I ask myself, is that what I even want right now? I often discover that I have been having feelings as though I'm missing out on something. But then I also realize is that thing I feel like I'm missing out on, I might not even want at the moment. If the recent pandemic has done anything, it sort of threw off those milestones that we used to have. People's lives came to a pause, much like the lives of students in the school. Suddenly, we didn't see as many people getting married, or buying houses, or much of anything. For once, there was very little outside stimuli that one could use to gauge where they're at in life. You only had your own wants and your own goals to think about. I am about a couple months away from my 30th birthday. And what this past year has shown me is that approaching 30 isn't at all how I imagined it would be as a child. I used to think that when I became this age, I would know who I am, and I would know exactly what I want in life. And I would for sure know the answer to the simple question of, am I adulting yet? I don't have all the answers, but what I do realize is that that's not a bad thing. The aspect of this question that makes it so hard to figure out is the very reason why it's much more meaningful to have an answer. And that's because it depends on you. What does being an adult look like in your life? 
Are you doing the things that you want to do? Are you making the impact that you want to make? And although we may want to check the boxes of being a full-grown, successful adult, I believe there's one thing a bit more powerful. A fully grown, successful, happy adult. Thank you all for listening, and until next time, take it easy.